Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. As if her presence wasn't enough, she brought presents. Cookies, heart-shaped cookies. Carolyn Clusson is in the studio. Uh, but before we get to one of our favorite segments of the week, we want to congratulate Randy Penner and Jim Huda. They are going to savor... Get it? They're going to savor the tastes of uh, wine and food. It's Savor Wine and Food Experience presented by Qualico in partnership with Manitoba Liquor Marts. It is one of HSC Foundation's signature events. And Jim Huda, Randy Penner, they are going for free. Two tickets for each of them. Comes up March the 4th. They knew that SARS was the disease that HSC was on the front lines of stopping in its tracks because of research and uh, protocols that were developed there. If you'd like to go to Saver, please call 204-515-5620 or go to the Health Sciences Centre Foundation website. It's it's hscfoundation.mb.ca. Now, Carolyn Claussen, as mentioned, is here. She is a therapist with Conexus Counseling. Their website, Conexus counseling.ca and on that website is a blog that Carolyn writes and one of her most recent posts is called Growing and Grieving the Widowers Club and this is uh, meant to be a springboard into a conversation about how guys maybe hesitate to talk to each other. So before we get into that hesitation, can you perhaps give us a snapshot about your experience in visiting or get, maybe the question is, what is the Widower's okay. Club? Okay, the Widower's Club is, I call it the Widower's Club. I actually call it the WC for short. Um, and it's something that my husband attends, and I, I am not dead, so clearly it's he doesn't attend because he's a widower for me. But, um, but prior to us getting married, um, he was married to a very special woman who died of breast cancer. And as he was just wrapping his head around what does a guy do when he doesn't have his wife. And, and you know, typically a lot of guys, when they're struggling with something, they talk to their wives about it, right? And when your wife is the one that's sick, then who do you talk to? And so um, there was another widower that um, came alongside and said, let's go for breakfast. And so the two of them started meeting occasionally, and then they got to know a couple of other guys whose wives also died. And now they get together about every three weeks or so. And uh, my husband, he's now happily married, but he, it's still something that affects him and it matters to him, right? He was married for over 20 years to a very special woman and that doesn't go away just because he's happily married to me. And so he continues to grieve her death. And the Widower's Club, that's what I call it, the WC, he just calls it getting together with the guys. They get together every two or three weeks and it's a chance for them to um, talk about what life is like without their spouses, to um, talk about how their kids are doing with it, how to help their kids and support their kids as um, parents who are now raising their children without the benefit of having mothers around. And really, it's just as an opportunity for them to open up their lives to each other and to share probably more vulnerably than any of them had in the past in ways that they find really enriching. And so... I asked if I could crash the group a couple weeks ago because um, I know that when I've talked to you guys, um, you, Brett and, and Greg, have talked about, you know, do guys talk differently with each other than women do? And why is that? And what's that about? And so I just wanted to pick their brain a bit. And that's when I wrote the blog. So do they? Do they converse and do they communicate differently when it's just a group of men versus, uh, you know, an intergender gathering 
Or are we uh, resistant to share our feelings with one another? We made that suggestion at 1245 this afternoon. Jeff Courier said, uh, no, I think we do, as men, we do a pretty good job of that. So what, 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 what was the takeaway? Well, can I turn it around first? I'm curious on your guys' perspective. Oh, great. Um, do you think that guys talk differently with each other than than women do with each other? And is does it matter? And like, I'm just curious about your perspective. Well, it it really depends on on the like. I, I have many different friends and different factions of friends, and mm-hmm. there are some friends who I will be more open with, and there are some friends, some who who are friends and people I care about, but I honestly like. They, I probably haven't had a single meaningful conversation. Like these are guys that I know and we just, it's all just jokes and, and stupid topics. You know, we don't really talk about anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I don't care about this person, but we don't really talk about anything. So I think it really depends on the, the friend the, that is, or the friendship really. Okay. I don't know if that answers the question. Maybe is more confusing, but so, it really depends. So some would some would be more authentic, and you would speak more of matters of the heart, and others you would you wouldn't. No, it's just sort of uh, just kind of kind of shooting the breeze sort okay. of stuff. Okay. And I always imagine that when uh, my wife and her friends have got they get together, they talk about everything. I imagine that they talk about all things, whether they do or they don't, doesn't really matter. With my friends, I've got some friends that we get into some really serious conversations, some emotional things. And I don't know if maybe that's different uh, because of what I went through a few years ago with my emotional and my and my intellectual health or with my mom passing away. That was the one way that I was really able to get through that was through the help of, of my guy friends who really cared about me at the time and we're cognizant of the fact that it was going to be really difficult for me. So I'm very fortunate to have a circle of friends who, mm. who really think about that sort of thing and then have grown that circle. Uh, you know, one of my buddies in particular who's gone through a, just a terrible three or four years, and he knows he can call me in the middle of the day or night. And if he wants to talk, just sit on the phone and just not talk. Huh. Or, you know, if you just sometimes you just need someone to cry with because, hey, it's it's difficult sometimes to cry even in front of your partner. Right. Because you have, at least for myself and I know for him, he needs to feel as though he's the head of that family unit and his emotional state of mind is critical in soldiering on and on making it through the difficult things. And, and I would share that to a certain extent, I think myself as a, as a philosophy, not that I'm hesitant to express when I'm sad, but there is a, you set the tone, right. As the leader. Okay. Which is interesting, right? I think you touched on something really important there that, um, there's sort of an expectation or a pressure and it might be externally imposed and it might be internally imposed inside of yourself of, hey, I've got to be, I've got to be responsible. I've got to be capable. I've got to be in charge. I've got to be able to show that I can handle whatever's coming my way. And that then I think sometimes makes it difficult for men to feel like they have permission to share the vulnerable or the soft parts of their lives with each other. And so talking about sports scores or the project that went really well at work is something they can talk about, but it's less easy to talk about how I'm not the kind of dad I like to be and I don't know how to connect or, Mm. you know, things aren't going so well, you know, with the team that I'm coaching and it feels like the guys don't respect me or those kinds of things can be a bit more difficult. Um, 
and part of that is I think because we we all struggle with that feeling of shame, that feeling of not being of somehow being flawed or not and not enough, not good enough. Uh, we all struggle with that. Everybody who's capable of empathy struggles with that. And the number one shame trigger for men in our culture is if they're seen as weak, that that somehow is a label of you're not good enough. And so a lot of men have a huge challenge of how do they get past that and to know that when they're sharing their inner lives with another person, it's not showing weakness. It's being vulnerable, I think, is actually a form of strength. But it's often then sort of opening yourself up to people making fun of you or mocking you or shaming you for having those tender, soft feelings, which we all have. But somehow we'd like to, you know, guys would like to pretend that they don't. But maybe that comes from lineage. It comes from, you know, you mentioned these outside messages. And I had a flashback to the night my mom passed away and I phoned my dad. My parents had been long since divorced, but Mm -hmm. I wanted my dad to know what was going on. And the first thing... He said before he even said, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm here for you. In fact, I don't think he said either of those two things, and that's not to slam him in any way. The first thing he said, I'll never forget. Remember, you're the oldest of your siblings, and you've got to you've got to be strong for them. What a powerful message, which likely your father would have inherited from his father and the culture around him of you, before you look after yourself and your soft, tender feelings, you're going to have to be aware that you have to be the caregiver, you have to be the care provider. So, you know, pull up your bootstraps and you be the strong one. Um, And like from the, if that's the first message that a guy gets, then how is he supposed to say, my mom just died and I'm crushed and my world is, I don't know how to live in a world without her, right? That's, that's a really normal response of any human being. And yet somehow half of the humans aren't really supposed to think that, right? So do you think then that this is the result of uh, what's been learned through generations or do you think it's changing as we move on and become a little bit more open? Well, I think there's always been pockets and certainly there's, you know, some of your listeners that are sitting here right now saying, but I share very openly with uh, people. And I think there's always been pockets of men that have been able to share with each other. But what we know, and that was when I spoke to the Widowers Club, um, one of the fellows said, I know that when I have a chance to tell other people about what I'm experiencing and what I'm going through and some of the others say, yeah, I know what that's like or me too. And this is how I handled it. As people are sharing about their inner lives, he says, I get perspective on myself and I understand myself better and I know where my reactions are coming from and I understand sort of when I get overwhelmed with something, where that's coming from. And he says, so I'm a better dad, I'm a better friend, I'm a better worker, a better colleague because I have been sharing deeply with my my the rest of the people in the WC and the Widower's Club. And I think sometimes men feel this pressure of to keep it all inside, to be very stalwart not realizing the huge advantage of it doesn't make you a puddle on the floor. It actually strengthens you when you're able to share your inner life with somebody else and they are able to give you feedback and you get to hear yourself process. It changes who you are um, in ways that often, like you said, um, Brett, is that our culture would have us say, you should never share it. You shouldn't even feel it. And if you feel it, there's something wrong with you. I know we have to break for a weather update here, but we have a group of friends, uh, another couple that has said to us more than once, we love when you guys come over because we can talk about real stuff. Mm. And I wear that with a little bit of a badge of honor, a little bit humbly, but it, it, it says a lot about our relationships and how we normal interact, normally interact with one another because I think there's a perception that there's only so much that we present publicly 
Right. And if you show them that you can be real, that you can make mistakes, that you aren't perfect, that you struggle with stuff, it gives them permission to do the same. And there's a tremendous gift in that. So I think when people say that to you, I think that that's a cool thing and you know what you have done in their lives. Talking to Carolyn Clausen from Conexus Counseling about why men may be hesitant to have meaningful conversations with other men. We will continue this conversation after your forecast. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. 250 on this Thursday afternoon ahead of a Louis Riel long weekend for many of us. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you being here with us. Our weekly visit with Carolyn Clausen. With Connexus Counseling, the website connexuscounseling.ca. She has a blog post there called Growing and Grieving the Widowers Club. And they, in short, uh, her husband was her his previous spouse died and now meets with a number of gentlemen who are in a similar position and and how many people are in the the widowers club or the wc as you call it there's four yeah and how do they meet each other how do they meet each other just sort of through friends of friends and um some of them attend the same church and then they've gotten to get you know as you hear of other people in the community um and they um are just sort of very, they're very different people. They have very different professions. Um, some of them are very interested in sports. Some of them hate sports. They're very different people, but they share this one tragedy in common in that their life partner died. Um, and that gives them sort of a common base of discussion where they need each other. And and then it's not just that, 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 that they talk about. They're very much more than that, but it gives them, it opens them up deeply to each other. And then they can continue the conversation in whatever direction is relevant for them. And while you were there, you sat in on one of their their most recent mm-hmm. uh, gatherings. Did did you at all feel like you were like they were holding back because they they had there was a female a female interloper <laughs> present? Well, I, I I mean I don't know what it's like when I'm not there, but to the best of my, my experience was that they were very open with me and they were open with each other. And I would ask a question and they would share with each other and sort of each give their different responses and bounce ideas off of each other. And what I kind of got the feeling was that, um, you know, there's this sort of feeling that you were talking before, Greg, about, you know, you got to be in charge and you got to look after and you got to be capable and strong. And there's something about losing your wife, watching her die or experiencing her die, um, attending her funeral and watch, str- watching your kids struggle through that, that just it, you you are not okay. And there's no pretending that you're okay. There's no need to put up a front or pretend or to sort of make it somehow like you're getting through this just fine. There is nothing fine about that. And so there gives a, there's a permission giving to yourself and to each other to say, let's just talk about the hard stuff because we got nothing to lose, right? We we understand that we need help and support and that we can give it to each other. And so then it felt like they were able to be quite open with me um, and they had been already open with each other. So I was just asking them to talk about that experience. And I was, it was, I, I just, I, I wrote in the blog, it was beautiful to be a part of because it's really cool to watch men, you know, as they, one would tell a story, the other one would, his eyes might fill up and the other one would say, yeah, that was hard for you. And they were, would be supportive of each other, even in the moment, um, as they were experiencing difficult feelings. So what's the message to men who are in relationships now that mm-hmm. have not ended in this fashion that, um, love their families, are fortunate enough to have their family unit together. What What's the benefit of the WC's experience? Mm-hmm. What can we pass along to those uh, that are lucky enough to be in a happy family, a, a family that hasn't experienced this tragedy? 
Well, it's probably no surprise that if I were to ask them that question, I suspect what they would say was to treasure every moment, right? Um, sometimes um, I think there, there's the little moments that um, my husband misses with his late wife, right? It's not the big vacations. It's the way that they used to have little experiences or the little, the ways that they used to hear their kids talk or they're just these tiny little, the smallest things that would happen during the day. Those are the things that come to mind. And those are the things, it's not just that you lose your wife, you lose these special moments that happen during the day and the rhythms of your life and the predictability of knowing who's going to say what, when, that there's a beauty in the sort of the mundane year after year, day after day kind of thing that is something that you miss achingly horribly that you don't even know was important until it's not there anymore. We got a text to 204-780-6868 from Kevin who says, I had to learn how to share my true feelings through counseling and need to keep practicing talking to my friends and my wife. I'm 49 and have also learned that crying is okay. Big boys do cry. Big boys do cry. Isn't that, that beautiful? There, there is a There is an old fashioned thought though that Real men don't cry. Absolutely. And it's, you know, in our culture deeply. And I think one of the reasons why I'm glad you guys are open to talking about this is to raise a conversation about, is it okay for men to cry? And isn't it weird if they don't cry sometimes? Um, how can you not cry? And crying is a sign that something affected you. Crying is is a respectful way of saying this matters to me. Crying is a way of saying I'm touched by it. It's beautiful to see a man cry. And it's not something that's weak. It is certainly something that's vulnerable. And so it feels risky. But when people do risky things, we call them brave. So I think that I think we need to challenge that and to have people understand that certainly some of the men in the widowers club said they wouldn't have imagined sharing this deeply with other men. Um, and they wouldn't have if their wife hadn't died. But now that their wife had died and they were sharing that deeply, they realized what they had been missing out on. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to write the blog is to have men, wouldn't it be interesting if without that tragedy, men could say, I think I'm missing something. And how about taking the risk and going deeper with a friend that I've never gone before? And what happens if that person is willing to hear that and to match that deepness and maybe even go deeper and we can go farther into our experiences and share vulnerably in a way that makes me a better person and a better man? Carolyn Clausen, thank you so much for joining us as always. Carolyn is a therapist with Connexus Counseling. And again, the website, connexuscounseling.ca, where you can read the blog post, Growing and Grieving the Widower's Club. It is 2.56 on 680 CJOB. After Global News at 3 o'clock, we want to tell you a little bit about the Black History Month Celebration Committee. They're getting ready to roll something out. We're going to tell you about this exciting event after the news on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.